A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mum podcast, brought to you as always by the lovely Golding Accountancy. I hope you're good, I hope you're enjoying the beautiful sunshine we're having at the moment, if you're in England and listening to the podcast at the time it's coming out. If not, then I have no idea what the weather is like, but I hope you are enjoying it regardless. Um, this week, my friend Naomi <coughs> came on to tell me about taking her children out of school for three months and going to live in the jungle in Costa Rica, which sounds absolutely amazing, but also quite hard. <laughs> but yeah, she, um, she, well, you'll hear all about it when you listen, but it, yeah, it was lovely that she came on to tell me about it. So I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you in a bit. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Work. Hi Naomi. Hello. <laughs> I've asked you to come on. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you all about the lovely work that you do, but also all about your amazing trip that you've just had. <laughs> yeah. So what 
basically, you took your husband and your three, three children out. Archie's not started school yet, yeah, has yeah, he? Yeah. Oh, he has started school. Well, actually, he should be in year one, but I kept him out. I kept him behind for a year, and he's actually in reception. Okay. So he, oh. all of them are at school. Oh, wow. So you just basically took, took them, them out. all out of school. Yeah, for three months. Was it for three months? For three months. months. God, that went really quickly. So quick. But it was the, like the perfect amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have done a day longer, and I wouldn't have wanted to do a day less. <laughs> I was, like, ready for them to go back to school. So how did the idea come around? What, to, to go away yeah. for three months? Well, really, this has been something I've been thinking and talking about for probably over eight years. Oh, wow. A long time. Yeah. Maybe even longer. Um, just because I... I don't know really what it was. I wanted... To go on an adventure yeah do something a bit different and it kind of evolved over time into wanting i i think i was just like always looking on the internet for different experiences abroad and i must have just stumbled across sort of spiritual retreats slash eco villages in central america yeah and actually there was a place that I wanted to go to more and it was actually the eco village that was on a Netflix documentary with Zac Efron Down to Earth he's done a series called Down to Earth and in one of the episodes so he's traveling around the world looking at sustainable ways of living okay and in one of the episodes he visits this eco village called La Eco Villa and it's in Costa Rica now that came that aired you know, about five years after I had been looking at going there. Yeah. Um, and it came out, I think, I think it only came out last year. And I was watching, I saw he'd done one in Costa Rica and I watched it. And I was like, oh my God. And like, I got Aidan, my husband, to watch it. And we were just like, let's do it. So I, you know, spoke to La Ecovia. And the, the, the reason we didn't go there was because that place is somewhere that you go you buy a house or you build you buy land you build your own house right and it has communal it has like a communal yoga place and a pool and but it doesn't really as far as i'm aware run workshops or so it's like mainly people like working remotely and there's a school there so that was also the pool they had this steiner school yeah within the on the land um so you basically just go there and live so most people go there and live you can go and visit there if someone who lives there is away because people i think come and go a bit and then make an airbnb their place and you can then stay there so do you you, have to build the house yourself or do people no you can so obviously you can you can buy a plot of land yeah and then you can build the house and it's very strict about you know obviously it's got to be eco-friendly yeah yeah Uh, you can't can't, like build a tower block or you know um and then but then there are people who've built their own houses and then sold and moved on somewhere else yeah so you can buy but like rent and i think you can rent long term but if you wanted to go there for like a month or something it would you could only do it if someone who lived there was away for a month and wanted to rent their house out yeah so when i wasn't so we so we watched this doc- the documentary and I was like, come on, let's do it. Like, Harry, who's my 11-year-old, he's going to secondary school in September, ne- you know, this year. Yeah. Almost next year. You know, if we're ever going to do this, 
it is going to have to be before he goes. Yes, yeah. And at the time, you know, Aidan, I mean, obviously, it had been a really tough year for everybody. Yeah. COVID, we were really struggling with our mental health. We, you know, Aidan was really struggling with his job. And he knew he could take a sabbatical. Yeah. Because after you've been there for a certain amount of time, you're you're entitled to one. Yeah. So it was like, we knew that was a possibility. I'm a doula, so I had a couple of clients that were due sort of January, February, March, but I knew I could get that covered. Yeah. And I was like, let's plan for that. However, at La Ecovia, they only had um, one property available and it didn't have air con, <laughs> which I know sounds a bit entitled, but... I just think we're not used to living in that heat. Yeah. And I just... With kids. Yeah. It was just you and Aiden. You yeah, yeah. Leave, but and not I was like, we were going in dry season, you know. Yeah. And, um, and also the school, even though the school, it looks fantastic, it's so expensive. Oh, really? It blew my mind. And they didn't give any sibling discounts. So we had to pay full price for all three children. It was like £8,000 or something. Hell. I know, so it's just like, well, that's no, like, we can't yeah. afford to do that. So, well, then they've got a captive audience, haven't they? I know, and I think <laughs> it's, it's essentially a lot of like middle class Americans, yeah, who go there who have got good jobs they can do on you know, remotely, yeah. and they've got the money to wow. send the kids there. So, yeah. that was kind of disappointing, but sort of that led to me finding this place called Pasha Mama, which is yeah. where we ended up going. So La Ica Villa was more in the centre of Costa Rica, in a place called San Mateo, and Pasha Mama was on the west coast in Guanacaste, like right on the coast, in like the, the jungle there, the forest, yeah. thick forest, and it had the same kind of school. So it was Steiner inspired, like, you know, just looked very similar yeah. and was a third of the price. Yeah. Um, but this place was much looked much more alternative. So they like ran loads of workshops, and you could go and do yoga teacher training there. Um, and it just looked like there'd be lots for me and Aiden to do whilst the children were at school. Yeah. Um, and also potentially I could still do some doula work in terms of like remote working. Um, and I was kind of hoping to connect with, I spoke to some of the people there about, you know, do people birth at Pasha Mama? Because some people say Pasha Mama is 500 acres of jungle and um, people, there are people who live there full time yeah, and have built houses. Uh, and um, so I was like, do people, you know, are there people who are pregnant there or do people birth there? You know, what's the deal with that? And they were like, absolutely, you know, um, you could definitely like help out and, you know, whatever, do some doodle yeah. stuff. So I was like, amazing. Like, this sounds like the place we want to go. Yeah. So um, we just booked it. And we went, so we booked it like really last minute because also I was really worried we wouldn't be able to go because of restrictions. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Because we went, we went end of January. Yep. And I feel like we booked it in November, like really quite yeah. close to when we were going. And then there was all that thing where we gonna 
not have a Christmas and then yes. I said, you know, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah, Omicron yeah. Yeah, and yeah, all that. Yeah. So I was really anxious about it and I we weren't telling many people just in case we didn't go. Like I didn't actually tell the kids school until they went back in January. Right, okay. What did you what did you say to them? <laughs> well, I you know, like me with the school, like I I was just like, This is what's happening. Yeah. And um, what's my next step with you guys? Like, yeah. do I need to deregister them? Like, I wasn't asking permission. I was like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and they were brilliant. Like, a, Mrs., uh, like the head teacher, probably shouldn't say her name. <laughs> um, the head teacher said, you know, she checked with the local education authority and essentially they said, it's up to you. Okay. As in the head yeah. teacher. And she said... If I can speak to the school there and know that they're going to be in education, yeah. then I'm happy to hold their places. That's amazing. So, that, yeah, she spoke to them. She was happy. And she oh, was like, so yeah, she's so I, lovely. I'm up my, she's so lovely. And what a relief. Because I yeah. would have gone regardless. But can you imagine having to, like, re-register all and that, Well, they could have easily just said, if you leave, that's it. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, um, that's good. Yeah, that was, like, really reassuring yeah. to go, knowing that... And obviously, like, Harry... We timed it so Harry would be back in time for his sats. Yes. Um, and um, they were... Yeah, they were just... They were supportive of the school, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, we planned it. We actually were only at Pashamama for two months. Yeah. And then we were in Mexico for a month. We did, like, two weeks at the beginning... Because it's very hard to fly direct from London to Costa Rica. Is it? Yeah, it's like one flight occasionally, only by BA. I have no idea why. And it's like twice the price. Oh. Very odd. So we flew into Cancun. Yeah. And then we went up. So we flew in and we went um, north to Holbosch, which is this amazing little island off the top of Mexico. Yeah. There's, like, you had to, like, it was, like, I think, like, three hours north of Cancun, then you had to get a boat. Oh, wow. There's no cars there. Um, it was, like, paradise. Oh, and it was oh. just, like, <laughs> like, firstly, like, just being away and abroad after yeah. the last two years when I just thought, I, I didn't actually know if we'd ever be able to yeah. go away again. Yeah. It was just, like, yeah. so wonderful. And then the first morning waking up thinking day one of 90 wow i just will never forget that feeling yeah. it's like we have 90 days ahead of us it was the oh. first feeling i know sorry <laughs> sorry it's not what you no. hear no, the sun comes out. yeah it is but it's love I, it, i'm happy for you because i can just imagine what that is like yeah, and what a fucking was. adventure so what's that was it just beautiful it was really nice i mean we were staying in like a very basic hotel yeah so we had five beds in a room obviously there's five of me i've got three boys and, and so we had a spare bed um so it was like just a room with beds in but it yeah. was like right near the beach and it was it was just beautiful so you were there for two weeks no so we were there for a week okay. and then we went to cancun for a week which we hated yeah i've been i didn't <laughs> yeah. like cancun i didn't enjoy that the hotel there was because actually it was my husband's 40th when we were there. Oh, cool. So he was like, let's do a hotel with like all-inclusive. Yeah. You know? And so we went to this hideous place that was like living in a shopping mall. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, there was just like so many people. 
it was so unfriendly, no personality to it whatsoever. Yeah. So I ended up crying in reception. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave us our money back, thank God. And we found this Airbnb down the road. Yeah. And then we had a nice time. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't go back. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And then we flew to Costa Rica to to San Jose, which is the capital. And then we kind of, and we had all booked this part of it before we left. So I knew we were going to Holbosch and then yeah. Cancun, and then I planned all of Passion Mama. Yeah. And then we'd left the last bit open yeah. to, you know, see see what we wanted to do. Um, except you're not allowed to do that, because when we got to Cancun to fly to Costa Rica, they were like, Let, can we see your return ticket? And I was like, well, I've got a return ticket, Cancun to London. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 we have to see when you're leaving Costa Rica. And I was like, but I don't know where I want to go next. And they were like, you can't go then. So we had to, at the airport, book flights. Oh, shit. And, then, and the guy was like, you can, like, cancel them. Oh, okay. They're like, just you, have, you to have to book. book so we them, had yeah. to, like, they're, like, trying to book flights back, which was, yeah. Anyway, we got there okay. And we spent a couple of days making our way to Pashamama. Because, actually, Costa Rica looks tiny on the map. But it is so, everything is so spread out, far away, yeah. difficult to get to. Because it's like, you have to go around mountains and it's just... Okay, yeah. So it took us, um, I think we had like two taxi journeys over two days. One was like four hours, another was three and a half. Wow. It was a mission. Yeah. And then on the last day, we're like driving along like highways and then we're going like off-road and then like really off-road and like going through jungle where there's like a road but it's just you are being thrown about in a in a car like for about two hours it was and everything is gray because it's dust like so all the trees and everything it was really surreal like everything's just gray oh wow yeah um, and we were just a bit like, oh my God. And then I start feeling really nervous because I'm like, I'm making my family do this. <laughs> like, please let it be okay. And then we arrive at this place that's like, it's amazing. Like you drive in and there's just like lagoons as you drive past. And then you, and there's just like gorgeous trees everywhere. And we get out and then there's like butterflies that are massive, blue and yellow butterflies everywhere monkeys in the tree like how you would imagine yeah like yeah in, in some ways I kept thinking this is like Disney World it was like you were walking through a set yeah or, you know like yeah, it wasn't yeah. quite real but it was like also we were just left with all our luggage at this place <laughs> and we were like what happens now there was it wasn't it was an amazing place but they didn't really have very good communication or business skills running it yeah so we we're in the blazing heat of the day we were left there for like an hour or so and we we're just like where do we go what do we do and then eventually like this really you know everyone there is very alternative so like Aiden who you know works in the city yeah you know he was literally the only guy there who didn't have dreads and a beard and tattoos. He stuck <laughs> out like a sore thumb. Um, so it was just, we were just like, wow, this is just an incredible place. This guy turned up and took us to our casita. So we, Aiden went on the back of a quad bike and me and the kids are like pulling the suitcases up this hill. And this casita is like a shed, essentially. 
in the thick, like really in the, like there's just jungle all around us. There's like bananas growing by, right by us. And, um, and we have like two bedrooms next to each other, each with bathroom. And we have hot water. We have showers and hot water, which is the height of luxury yep. there. Yep. And we had aircon in both rooms, again, height of luxury. And then we had How like that a, powered? They're generators. Yeah, I mean, I it, it does... Like, that wasn't particularly eco-friendly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they had, like, gen and they were, like, always breaking and leaking everywhere. Yeah. But they had, like, machines outside the house. Yeah. Working. And then we had, like, a kitchen underneath, which was very basic. The oven didn't work. And there was, like, two hobs and a fridge. Yeah. And a table. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of... I can't even really remember guessing like the first few days i think it yeah. was just such a culture shock yeah uh, the kids loved it obviously they yeah. were just like and the the bugs were intense <laughs> like there was when we walked into our there was just like and like when i say an army of ants i mean like thousands yes yeah, yeah just like going across the wall yeah. and the guy and we like looked at the guy who was showing us and he was like yeah they'll they'll go yeah and we were like okay this is you know I went to Sri Lanka when my friend Lindsay, her oh, yeah, honeymoon, yeah. her boss, her old boss had a house in Sri Lanka, which was kind of like in the okay, jungle. Okay. And we went to stay there. And it was, on I honeymoon. loved, yeah, we went on a honeymoon <laughs> with them. Yeah. We stayed okay. in the hotel for a week and let them have a week to themselves and then joined them. <laughs> they did ask us. We didn't. Okay. <laughs> but the, my favourite thing about the whole trip was just watching the ants because mm. the floor was literally alive wow. with all different shapes and sizes but that, I remember sitting there one night in the front room and it was they were just streams of them going yeah. across the yeah, wall it was like that. Yeah. yeah and like scorpions as well they were like you can't just get into bed at night yes you need to shake everything down you can't just put your shoes on you can't just put clothes on <laughs> like everything had to yeah. be sh shaked out there was like there was the spiders, because I have a fear of spiders, so I was a bit worried about the spider situation. Okay. But there was a few spiders in the in the bathroom, but nothing too horrendous. Yeah. But in the kitchen, there was like 50 spiders who lived in there. Yeah. And at, at night, they moved more at night, so yeah. I wouldn't go in there at night. So Aidan <laughs> had to cook all the food. <laughs> like, there was no way. Because I was Convenient. cooking, but I was just, like, constantly looking behind yeah. me whilst I was cooking. I was like, I can't cope with that, no. Yeah. Um, so, and the kids, the kids were fine, because the kids are a bit scared of spiders, but they really embraced it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but it was hard, you know. Do you like feel it, better about them now? Or you yeah, I do actually. You do, yeah. I oh, definitely do, yeah. Because there was also like um, spiders, lots of spiders when you were out and about. Yes, yeah. And they were just in webs. Like I didn't yeah. feel worried about them. Yeah. Um, like if you were going through like some bits of the jungle, I would be mindful to look for, yeah. you know, snakes and spiders. But... Oh, did you see snakes? Yes, there was a boa constrictor there. <gasps> wow! That was huge. Oh, wow! And again, wasn't scared. It, yeah. It, he, like, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, but it was actually beautiful yeah, to see. Yeah, they are beautiful. And just felt really privileged. <gasps> a lot of yeah, these things, yeah. I just felt the privilege. Like, yeah. wow. We are seeing this in its natural habitat. Yeah, yeah. Like, how many people really get to do that? It's, I think I probably would have been most scared of the monkeys. I don't the trust monkeys. Yeah. 
<laughs> Actually, when we first arrived there, because they're howler monkeys, yeah, so they're really noisy, and they sound like gorillas. Oh, wow. I'm not joking. They sound like big, scary gorillas. And so when we first arrived, and you just hear them all the time, and it was really, like one time I was walking back from somewhere in the dark, and I heard one, and I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> and I just like ran back to the seater, and I was like, but actually, when you start to get to see them a lot, and you know, they were quite small, yeah, and so gorgeous, like they... There was loads of like families with like little babies on the backs and jumping oh. through the trees. They were really yeah. cute. Um, they were one of my favourite yeah. animals there. Because oh. that's what about cat. Was there any like? Cats? Well, actually, they have. Oh, what they do have big one big cat. I can't remember. I never saw it, but I think Aiden saw it with some of our friends one time when they were driving somewhere. Um, I can't off the top of my head remember what big cat it was. But there was Jaguars, a... maybe. Oh. I'm not sure, but like something yeah. like along those lines. Was there any any animals that you were told to be aware of because it would be no. dangerous or actually just not the really. scorpions. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. Because also like if you got injured there. I don't really know what you would do because <laughs> sucked, man. You would can we swear on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um because you were, like, we didn't have a car. Yeah. And because to hire a car in Costa Rica, we were quoted, because there's five of us as well. Yeah. Um, Seven grand for two months. Wow. Because they just get wrecked on those roads. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so expensive. So we were like, well, that's not a possibility. But actually, you needed a car. Okay. We were, it really, like, held us back. Yeah. But we kind of worked, we eventually just worked up how to manage without one and we had we made some really good friends there there was two other families there who were English and we kind of formed a group yeah and um one of them had a car and so they would often give us lifts and yeah. things like that but um if you ha if you got bitten by a snake or a scorpion and you needed medical attention in the middle of the night I don't know, I literally, I, it occurred to me, because actually Harry, my eldest, got an allergic reaction one night. Well, okay. two nights. He, he was off play, playing with friends and came back and he had hives. All, his oh, like, wow. stomach swelled and he had hives all over his tummy. And I was like, oh my God, what have you, what have you done? Like, what have you eaten? Yeah. And... He was like, I haven't eaten anything different. He'd actually been to a different part of the jungle okay. to see a friend. Um, so I had, I mean, I took so much stuff with me, like, yeah. like medicine and stuff. So I gave him some Pyroton and overnight it went. Yeah. And then the next day he went to this friend's bit of the jungle again, came back and his lips were like oh right out here God. all over his face, like down his arms. It was really bizarre. I was like, it must be a plant or yes. something, a touching. Yeah, yeah. Gave him some more Pyroton and it went. But it made me think, like, what would we do? Well, they must have had some kind of medical supplies there. You say that, like, oh. they don't, they know. <laughs> oh, really? No, like, literally. <laughs> Fuck Literally, hell. no. And, like, the nearest doctor was 40 minutes away in the nearest town, yeah. like the in the town. And if you didn't have a car, and there wasn't like a reception you could go to 24-7. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, don't, I yeah. literally, 
thankfully obviously we didn't need it but it did make me I'm surprised I didn't think of that before I went but well, I guess if you're going to a place like that you kind of have to surrender a little yeah to this is the experience and also if it was that dangerous so. people wouldn't live there would they I guess people survive don't they in, they do in places yeah. you know yeah. it's yeah you know this is all and like we met and actually the reality is if something like that happened we had friends with a car we would have just got yeah, in the yeah, car yeah. To the, yeah yeah so but it was you know very there was no health and safety shall we say yeah. or sort of you know didn't feel very confident in you know if there had been an emergency yeah but it was an incredible place in terms of so the history of it um is that I can't, I can't I can never pronounce his name, but it's that the guy who bought the land yeah. is an Israeli guy, yeah, and he's actually a really well-known Israeli trance DJ. Okay, and he was I think this is right. He was in an ashram with Osho. I don't know if you've heard of Osho. No, but there's actually a Netflix documentary about him. Okay, called Wild Country or okay. something like What's that. What's an ashram? An ashram is um, normally, I think, it originates in India. Right, it's like a, a spiritual place okay. you would go to. Have you ever seen Eat, Pray, Love with Julia Roberts? No, I don't think so. <gasps> Must watch that movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's like a spiritual place that you go to you know for a certain amount of time and there's often like meditation and chanting and okay yeah you know it's a place for spiritual reflection yeah etc so this guy was a spiritual guru okay he ran an ashram in pune india yeah and the this israeli guy was at that ashram yeah um and then he came to costa rica and he bought this land which actually was a cattle farm and it was almost barren oh wow yeah and this was like 30 years ago. Yeah. And he bought the land. And there, I think there was like 25 of original people who came with him. And they regenerated the land. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and when they were regenerating, all the wildlife came back. Oh. Yeah. How amazing oh, is nice. that? But he, it was much more, you know, he was the spiritual leader of Pashamama. Yeah. And people came to listen to him talk and he followed Osho's like training yeah so Osho and I'm not an expert I'd never even heard of Osho before I'd got to Pashmama but there was pictures and altars of Osho everywhere okay and their main kind of yoga hall was called Osho Hall um so part of his belief was about silence so every night between 6 and 7 p.m., everyone in Pashamama, no, no matter where you were, would be silent. So obviously that was quite hard with the children, but they knew that they had to be quiet at least. Even if you were in your own casita, you had to be quiet uh, as a, as to be respectful. Wow. Yeah. So I, would, I went quite a few times to Osho Hall for that. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was like this huge great building with all like half of it was glass like looking out over the hills um and it had all marble floors and like big wooden beams and they had like a picture of osho in the middle with like candles and flowers and crystals and we would sit and there'd be like a big gong 
and they would go on for the start and you'd sit there in meditation for an hour in complete silence wow. which is actually really bloody hard yeah because yeah. you can't even really move every time you moved it had these like chairs that were on the floor yeah. and every time you moved they creaked yeah and so it was like no one dared <laughs> move um but wow. was um, actually really I, it became easier. Yeah. And also, I just it's a really amazing way to process stuff. Yeah. You know, like, you lose yourself in your thoughts yeah. and, and processing stuff that's happened. And so I really, I did really enjoy that. But it was, um, I guess, kind of good for the kids as yeah. well to have some quiet. I mean, they weren't particularly quiet. But yeah. they, you, you know, they were like, don't play music or be shouting or yeah. anything like that. There was a lot of shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so there was so that was kind of the history of it. But in the last, I would say, ten years, this guy still lived there from Israel. Um, he took a step back. He lived there still. Yeah. But it was more of a business. Okay, it became yeah. more of a business. So. You can go there and do your 200-hour yoga teacher training. You know, their workshops are amazing. Like, loads of free stuff as well, which I was really impressed with. Like, yoga every day, tai chi, meditation groups, uh, Wim Hof breathing thing and ice baths. You know, I mean, that I think you had to pay for maybe. But um, loads of paid stuff and and stuff you could go to for free. Um... But they literally had no idea how to run a business. Yeah. And it was run by work exchanges. So most of the people there, it was it was for sure set up for young single people yeah. or couples. Yeah. It wasn't really set up for families. Yeah. That the families who lived there, they lived in a completely different part okay. of Pashamama. And so I was saying like there was two other English families. We were the only families who were visiting. Okay. Um, and it was it was hard. I mean, yeah. thank God we had each other um, because it would have been much more difficult to just because you know like they had a shop there, but there was like five of us. We would have a it was all food that my kids wouldn't eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and B like they would only have they'd have like four mangoes, six apples. Like, you just couldn't... It wasn't possible. So what to did like, you eat? Well, this was the issue. Like, they had a restaurant, which was amazing. It was all organic, all vegan, absolutely beautiful food. But Aidan, my husband, he loves eating meat. Yeah. And the, the kids, are, you know, Max, my middle boy, who's seven, and Harry would sometimes eat there with me. I ate there a lot. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't enough. A, it was quite expensive to eat there, um, especially if you're there for two months. Yeah. But also, it wasn't enough to sustain them. Yeah. They wouldn't eat enough of it to sustain them. So we had this weird issue because we were in the middle of nowhere, we didn't have a car, and we couldn't buy any... There what, was not enough food in the shop. What people supposed exactly, to eat? Exactly, exactly. So we had a bit of beef with them about that because I feel like that should have been communicated to us before we went before we went essentially. But if, if you have people living in a space you have to have food for them either well, to buy I think but it, it or... wasn't run like that it was that well, wasn't what the that to eat? I, exactly I don't understand so in the fact there was this amazing um lady who worked at the school 
who um you know kind of t told her my predicament like I like my husband's starving hungry <laughs> and like, I mean the kids ate at school they had breakfast and lunch at school okay. and they liked the food yeah so that was good but it was like snacks and dinner and yeah and she's and she said well look I every Friday I go into Nasara which was the town 40 minutes away um, to take my daughter horse riding and I could drop you at the supermarket and then when I come back I'll pick you up okay. but I'm, I'm going to be three hours so I had to go because yeah. it was my only, I couldn't see, because also to get a taxi to Nasara was like $80 one way, which is like 60 quid or something. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't have the money to be getting taxis to the supermarket every week. It would, you know, like, and it was expensive there. Like the food was yeah. the same as here, if, if not a little bit more expensive. Really? Yeah, what, in, really, in the place? In the, or in, in the supermarket. In the supermarket. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But then who shopped there? Was it people? Did I mean, local people shop there or was I, it? I, yeah, I think they did. I don't really know. I mean, Nasara was very much like, it was, I loved it, but it was, I don't know what the word is, like, very cosmopolitan, you know, like, people with money would go there. Okay. They had houses there, like, that were millions. Okay. So like so people, that's, that's it wasn't you know then. yeah yeah. Um, so I would do my food shop and I would like take as long as possible. Like yeah. I'd spend an hour like getting all the food and then I'd have to sit in the shade with my trolley of food for two hours and wait for my lift back. So I did that for like three weeks. Yeah, and then we would just like put stuff in the freezer and, but also it was fairly limited. So Aiden, essentially ate tuna and rice chicken and rice or spaghetti bolognese for breakfast lunch and dinner for two months <laughs> literally that's all he ate he lost a lot of weight to be fair i did see him in the shop the other day and he looked oh, he said amazing oh yeah yeah but it's not just he look he looks like you can tell he's just had like you could see he, he was just glowing yeah like you could just see how happy and oh that's nice I mean, he I went know. through a profound change. Yeah, yeah. He, he said that. He, yeah. Yeah. So, but the food was our biggest obstacle. Then. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of worked it out. Like, they had, like, this little minibus that used to take people to the local village pretty much once a day. Yeah. So we would, and they had a little village store. So we would go, like, maybe twice a week and stock up on, like, rice and tuna and stuff yeah. like that there. Um, when the kids were at school. So we kind of, and then our friends, you know, they gave us a lift a few times to the supermarket and we kind of, as time went on, we got into a rhythm of how to yeah. do the food, etc. But that was tricky and I felt like, you know, so so like I was saying, the majority of people there were work exchanges. So they were young, mainly young girls yeah. who um, they could camp, that people camped there. I just, I still can't get my head around <laughs> people in a tent in 38 degrees in the jungle. Like I, I made a, um, one of the girls that made friends with out there who was Australian, but lives in Bethnal Green. Also to say the fat, one of the families that we met at who, one of the three families yeah. were from Hackney. <laughs> like you travel across the world yeah. and you meet someone who lives 15 minutes yeah, down the road yeah, from you yeah. amazing but she, this girl Jess she was she was there she was camping and she said just like above her head she could see all the spiders resting on the top of her tent 
at night. Yeah. And I was just like, respect, but there's not one bit of me that would want to do that. And like, you know, just to know where to be in the day other, you know, like yeah. we would go back quite a lot and sit in the air con just to cool down. Yeah. Whereas obviously she didn't have that. But then she would work. I can't remember if it was like 20 or 30 hours a week. Yeah. In, and then you would get like dis, you would get food, and you would get discounted workshops. Okay. And the place was run by them. Yeah. So it was run by volunteers. Yeah. Um, which is why I think maybe it wasn't a you know a well-oiled machine. Yes. It was there's yeah. a high turnover, etc. Yeah. Um, but also you know like really amazing. I found it really amazing that there were all these young people there who were doing this really profound spiritual work on themselves at such a young age. Yeah. Like, I think back to me when I was 20, all I cared about was going out on weekends and, yeah. you know, doing drugs and, yeah. all, you know, wouldn't have one minute occurred to me to yeah. go somewhere and work on my spiritual self. Like, so I found that really amazing and heartwarming and hope, yeah. hopeful for the future. Yeah. That all these young people were really interested in doing that. And so, like, talking to them so knowledgeable and wise at such a young age. I was definitely one of the older ones there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the um, the workshops that we did. So I would say it was difficult as well because... We had the kids, me and Aidan had to take it in turns to do stuff. Yeah. We couldn't do it together, which was a shame. What was the school hours? The school was like eight till two. Okay. Which was, but in all honesty, it seemed like they were there for five minutes and they yeah. were home. Yeah, yeah. And there was not a lot for them to do in the afternoon. Yeah. Because um, a lot of the kids who lived there would go back and they would go into the town or... Um, they all had really good internet where they so they'd be on computers and we didn't have that option. Yeah. So we um well, they still had a blast. Like Harry especially had so much freedom there. He was off. Yeah. He were he was like riding quad bikes, going to the beach with his friends, um, swimming in lagoons, you know, all sorts. Yeah. So it was great for him. And then at Max and Archie, you know, they had a little playground and they were bug hunting and digging holes in the mud and yeah. yeah. So that you know, it was fine. But the um yeah, the workshops I did um the most amazing workshop which was a five day body cleanse, which I thought was going to be yoga and smoothies. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely wasn't that. <laughs> Oh, and I knew there was enemas, actually, but I had no idea, like, how <laughs> intense. It was five days, getting up at six o'clock in the morning, drinking a pint of water, dry skin brushing, and then walk, like, trekking to this clinic. Uh, like, they had a specific area in the jungle for these cleanses so it had like this beautiful yoga studio like a clinic area where they made these juices and then the enema cabins right <laughs> so we would we would go so we'd get up drink this water dry skin brush cold shower and then we'd go to the clinic where there was literally non-stop things to drink that were 
the most revolting things I've ever had in my life. Like, I was actually going to bring some dehydrated noni powder for you to sniff, oh. but I forgot, luckily for you. Um, <laughs> but it was like, there's this fruit called noni, which grows everywhere in Passion Mama, and it's like vomit. It's like drinking vomit. I'm not joking. It's the last day of the cleanse I couldn't have any of it because I knew I was just going to be sick yeah but we had it fermented oh, fucking hell in a shot glass which wasn't too bad because at least you could like down it yeah. in wine and I like I asked for like lemon it was like a tequila <laughs> shot and then we had it later on in the day in a bigger glass mixed in with other stuff but it's so strong like nothing could hide the taste it's all you could taste and then in the afternoon, we had a pint glass of fresh noni, lumps and all. Mm. Like, it was like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, Bush Tucker trial. Oh. But you couldn't say, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. What is the benefit of noni? I mean, it's like the, like it cures disease. It's like, you can't get a more healing fruit. It's incredible. And I was just like, why is it all the amazing healing fruits taste so disgusting? Yeah. Why can't mango <laughs> be the most healing fruit of all time? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me why they, it's got to be so vile. But yeah, it's meant to be like the creme de la creme. Okay. It just, it's packed full of everything, like anti-cancer, anti, anti you know, it's just like amazing. Yeah. But it, it just, oh, like even talking about it, I feel traumatised. <laughs> experience. <laughs> Um, but we, that was just one of many revolting drinks. There was not one nice one. We had like a shot of moringa greens. We had neem. Have you ever had neem? It's like, le it's from a leaf. And it's like that bitterness of a leaf. Oh, and I, it was just, it was like, I worried I was going to be hungry, but it was like literally nonstop things to drink. We couldn't eat. You just had the yeah. things that they gave you. Um... And we had this, also this like fibre drink, which was like cheer. It was like frog spawn, basically. <laughs> um, but then we would do like two hours of yoga and like a mix of yoga and Tai Chi and meditation every morning. We had classes on the digestive system, on holistic health. It was amazing. We did ecstatic dancing. We had one-to-one -one therapy. And then we had these two enemas a day. So they had these cabins where you were given your own catheter. Okay, so you had your own catheter. And there was 10 cabins, but there was 25 of us. So there was always a rush to be the first Ugh. because if you went second or third, two people had been in there before you. Yeah. And even though you cleaned it, it still wasn't a very nice thought. But yeah. Yeah. And uh, we did think, we so they taught us how to do it. We did it ourselves. So we essentially had these like wooden benches with these toilet, like, like cut out toilets, I guess, yeah. where your, your bum would perch on the edge. Yeah. And you would fill up this water container, which was high up. You would plug your catheter into the toilet thing, which, ha which was connected to it. Yeah. And then you would shove it in your bum. Yeah. And then you had a tap next to you, which would turn it on and off. Yeah. So you would turn it on, wait till you felt like you couldn't hold any more in. Yeah. Turn it off, and then you had to do this massaging and movement, and then you would let it go. 
okay. into the toilet. Yeah. And then we built up, so we started on like five liters and went all the way up to 20 liters wow yeah and then we had things in it like we started with salt water then it was garlic then it was coffee then it was aloe vera then it was spirulina um so it had like different things in it each time and i mean that was actually once you've done one it was fine yeah you know it, it 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 was what it was um but the most profound the what is that thunder i think so the most profound thing I did was this um, breath workshop that we did, which, so there was, so we were in the kind of yoga studio, it was two hours long, sort of 25 of us laying on mats, they brought in a couple of therapists, and there was like, kind of a, a shaman type person smudging everybody, um, and they were kind of like, you know, we're going to do this breathing exercise and to know that this is a safe space and you know, anything, anything that goes in here, except you mustn't hurt yourself. You mustn't hurt anyone else. And you're not, you're not really, we, we don't want you to get naked. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, okay. Oh. And essentially, hello, Dan, <laughs> um, it was mouth breathing. Yeah. To the point of almost hyperventilation. And there was like music and we were being guided when we were doing it. And there's this thing that happens to you where your limbs go all stiff from like, it's not used to having, I don't know, I guess it's, you know, accumulation of CO2, I would imagine. Um, So you, you know, you kind of go a bit. I don't know, your your limbs go stiff. Okay. And parts of my face also like went strange was not a good look (laughs) I'm kind of glad no one was taking any notice of me but yeah doing this mouth breathing and I cannot tell you like it was the most profound thing I've ever done so when I was doing it I someone in my family very close to me came to me wow and um pressed they they like were hovering over me and they pressed my hands and I felt the pressure in my hands. Oh my god! And I was just crying and like doing this breathing and crying and they were just like laying next to me and I could feel I could see like this light up above me and I could feel like other people who had passed away, including my dad, sending me love. And then I just saw my aura. In my aura, I was hold all my anxiety, everything that I'd been going through in the last year. I saw that it wasn't my stuff. Like all these emotions were not mine, and I sent them to the light. And they just, I just felt this like peace and joy, and it was oh wow, amazing. This was just from breathing. Yeah, no oh, drugs wow. involved. Yeah. Um, and it was like, it felt so safe. And there were people there. Like, this place was somewhere people came to do proper healing. Yeah. yeah. There was people there, you know, trying to heal from cancer, from really severe traumas. Yeah. And there were people there who were really, like, screaming and banging the ground. And it really sort of wow. raw stuff. But it almost, it, it, I felt like it gave me permission to really also yeah. let go. And there'd yeah. be no judgment. And I think that was part of it. Yeah. And I, it, on, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. It was just so amazing, and just wow. felt so held yeah. in that space by those people running it. Um, so afterwards, I said to Aiden, "If you get the chance to do this workshop, because I knew that they ran it 
um, outside of the body cleanse that I'd done. And they were, they were doing it the following week. And so Aidan went and did it. And again, he had the same thing. His, you know, he had someone very close to him come to him and, you know, talk to him. And he was just, he was like really emotional about it. And it, it, it changed him as a person. Yeah. And, you know, Aidan did ayahuasca when we were out there, which is like a plant medicine. Yes, he told me about that. Yeah. And he said it was more profound than the ayahuasca, the breath work. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say that was my biggest takeaway from Pashamama was the breath work yeah. and the meditation. Like I never, like I knew it was powerful, but until you really experienced that, it was so life-changing. So this is like, we're bring, we're, I'm doing breath work every day and we're really trying to bring that yeah. home to us to try and keep it going because it just, I mean, I wouldn't say my anxiety is completely gone, but I'd say 90% better than it was wow yeah that's amazing amazing it was so amazing yeah so for all its faults and for everything that wasn't so great passion mama i i i'm so grateful that i went there and had that you know you could not fault the workshops and the people who ran there because they were people who lived there and they it was their whole life and they were so experienced and yeah, it was, it just was incredible. How did you feel after the cleanse? Actually, was I mean, it worth it? yeah, the cleanse was worth it. I also did a liver flush, which is very controversial, apparently, oh. um, where you pass liver stones. Oh. Yeah. Some people don't believe you are passing liver stones. Some people think it's something else. But anyway, I decided I was going to do it. Yeah. And I did pass whatever it was. I passed lots of stuff. Yeah. From, apparently from my liver. Um, so that was amazing. And then when we could, then we had like two days where we had to only eat steamed veg, which was vile because it was like steamed, um, cauliflower and steamed sweet potato, which is not good. No, no, it's not steamed with no salt (laughs) or pepper. No, Uh, no, horrible. Yeah. So that was, I was gagging for some food. But then when I started eating, and also then I just ate the organic vegan food, I honestly felt so amazing. Yeah, it's all gone a bit downhill that now that I'm back (laughs) drinking coffee. I did give up drinking though. I haven't had, I had, I went out a couple of weeks later and had a cocktail and felt like I'd been poisoned. Yeah. And I haven't had a drink since. So I'm I'm feeling like I'm never say never, but I'm just yeah. sit for now seeing how that goes, not drinking, I'm not missing it at so did all. So did you not drink anything while you were there? They didn't have alcohol there. Okay. They didn't have alcohol or coffee. Oh wow. We did buy our own coffee. <laughs> but I did give it up for a while. Yeah. But, oh my god, it's so hard to give up coffee. Yeah, and I think you you've got to have something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's worse things. Exactly. There are worse yeah. things. So, yeah, I'm trying, you know, I'm, tr- I'm still doing, not every day, but trying to remember to drink the pint of water and the dry skin brushing. Yeah. Trying to do that in the day and, yeah, just like yeah. trying to carry on bits that I learned there. What um, was it like when you left? Because where did you go after you, after that? So after that, we went like 20 minutes up the road to a luxury hotel. <laughs> For four nights. Oh, my God. I cannot tell you how excited I was. We went to this hotel. It was like we had a suite, which was over two floors. It wasn't expensive at all. It was like in the back end of nowhere. But it was like this 
like mock colonial house basically which was in this resort and it was pristine like there was a bed with white linen on it and I was just like there was no bugs oh. <laughs> they had a restaurant it was it wasn't was it all inclusive no it wasn't all inclusive but it was just like they had a pool it was heaven it was so it was amazing so we stayed there and then we went into San Jose for a bit and then flew back to Mexico and had like a two-week proper Playa de Carmen. Yeah. Airbnb apartment with a pool, chilled, ate in restaurants, had a Walmart two blocks down. Yeah. Proper relax. And so, yeah, I, we needed it. We yeah. needed, we were going to do more traveling after that. And I was like, we need to relax before we go back to yeah. the grind of being back home. So, yeah, I was glad we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Did the boys like it? The boys loved it. The boys loved the school. Yeah. Um, and I was a bit worried about... Because there was 30 kids in the school out there. And obviously at Oakdale, I don't know how many there are. There's probably 30 kids in a class. Yeah, so there's yeah. Thousands, like a thousand or yeah. something in the school. So I was like, oh, how's that going to be? But they honestly, just like, they'd never been away. Yeah. I mean, Archie actually the first day cried because he had to wear shoes. <laughs> so he didn't have to wear shoes in Costa Rica but yeah he um, then he was fine yeah and they're just like right back like yeah and they went in and they they took photos and videos in and talked about it to their classmates and I'm sure they're all sick of hearing about Costa Rica but yeah what a great experience and I feel like Harry and Max for sure will always remember Archie's a bit younger maybe he won't but even if he doesn't I just think it's opened their eyes and minds to you know it's an amazing thing yeah amazing thing yeah I'm glad we did it yeah it was definitely worth it it was harder than I thought but it was everything and more yeah that I hoped it would be but now it's a bit like I had been talking and thinking about this for eight years plus yeah Yeah. and it's a bit like now what yeah like that was such a goal like a focus for me yeah but you know I I am kind of aware of like oh it would be good to have another kind of dream to to aim for but I am really enjoying being back here like the heat was intense I'm really enjoying even though it's like typical spring weather I'm actually really appreciating it I'm really enjoying being back at work I'm really enjoying um yeah I'm just enjoying the bringing those things back into my everyday life and seeing how that fits so well how's Aidan been going back to work absolutely fine yeah he he was also back in the office or is he working from home working from home okay yeah um so, yeah, he just feels like he had the rest he needed. Yeah. And he really needed it. He did look, he just looked... Yeah, he's like, like a, different a different person. person. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. So, yeah, we. it was just perfect timing, the perfect amount of time, um, and we all needed it. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just amazing. <laughs> so amazing, yeah. Because you did the Grand Canyon as well, didn't you? <laughs> I did. So that was, that? that was when I was 40, Okay. Um, um, I did, that was eight days. I did that on my own. Yeah. Flew to um, the Grand Canyon and trekked Grand Canyon and also the Mojave Desert. Yeah. Had 24 hours in Vegas and then flew home. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I remember your And it was just eight days. So it was like, you know, not three months. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't think um, Aidan would, I, th I don't think I could do anything on my own for that long. I would miss the kids and Aidan too much. Yeah. But I'd like, you know, I'm definitely going to start looking at other things I can do. Either on my own or with... Yeah, I suppose that's the thing now, because Harry's going to start senior school, isn't he, in September, so then it obviously I, it then gets much more difficult. So, how's your work going? <clears throat> what made you get into... Because you trained... Did you train as a midwife yeah. before? Yeah, I did paediatric nursing, and then I on my paediatric nursing, on my training, I did a placement um, on labour ward. And yeah. also, I feel like I did... I'm pretty sure I did also placement with community midwives. Yeah. And I really liked it. So um, I went on and did, started my midwife training. But in all honesty, the job that it I thought it was going to be, it wasn't. Yeah. And I couldn't hack working in the, in the NHS. You know, in hindsight, I think I was too young. Yeah. Like, I was only, I don't know, 20-something. And young... It, like maturity wise as well yeah. like I was a bit emotionally immature um so um yeah I let I, I I enjoyed I really enjoyed the academic side of it but the reality of working in hospitals etc was not great yeah and this was like 20 years ago so left and did a bit of traveling and then came back and decided to nanny yeah. Whilst I thought about what I was going to do and then ended up nannying for sort of 11, 12 years. Yeah. Loved it. And it was kind of, I, I, it wasn't, I knew it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew it was within the realm of what I wanted to do yeah. eventually. And then when I had Harry, I, my eldest, I started running postnatal groups from home. Yeah. And did my antenatal teacher training. And then did that for a bit and kept asking, people kept saying about being a doula. And um, you know what I'm like. I just I got it in my head one day and then the next day I was training. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I absolutely love it. I think, like I, so actually when I was at Passion Mama, I um, met some women who had had babies there. Yeah. And really like really opened my mind blew my mind you know how different it is out there mainly around plant medicine so you know like we're talking about the ayahuasca but yeah um i met some women who did psilocybin which you know is like magic mushrooms right okay throughout their pregnancy and and birth and postpartum wow i know really? and it was really really interesting because that's so far, you know, from what we understand yeah. in our culture. Um, wow. It was really mind-blowing, yeah. Yeah, really mind-blowing. And, yeah, got to have some amazing conversations. And um, I do this postnatal massage called Closing the Bones, which actually originates from Ecuador, which isn't too far from Costa yes. Rica. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, did, I managed to do that out there. And um, so, yeah, I learned a lot. For work as well. I managed yeah. to do... I, I was hoping to do more work out there, but the internet was terrible. And I yeah. had to always go into the local town. Um, so I did a couple of, like, antenatals online. And actually, weirdly, one of my clients was in Mexico the same time as me. So I did an antenatal in Mexico, which Aww. was awesome. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah that the kind of the radical side of birth really fascinates me and I think yeah. it's because I was you know I was really quite mainstream and conservative when I was younger because yeah. I think I went from school into nursing and was yeah. very that sort of institutionalized and as I had my own children and life experiences I kind of the absolute opposite end of the spectrum fascinates me and yeah. I hope that I land somewhere in between you know in the middle yeah um but I just there's so much more to birth and life than you know like on the spiritual in the spiritual aspects of it yeah that really fascinates me I'm just so drawn to that I'm just yeah. like yeah it just it just seems so magical and beautiful and how I you know like the the things I did in Pashamama and the things that I do in birth for my clients, etc. I just feel like it helps raise my vibration yeah. you know, up and makes me feel good. And that's how I want to live my life. Do you feel like women, when you kind of get to our age, kind of get a bit more on that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because I feel like I a lot... So that's happening with a lot of people I know and a yeah. lot of things I mean I feel very drawn to it yeah definitely yeah I, I just find it fascinating yeah it fascinates me but I think when you get over 40 you kind of have less tolerance and time for the bullshit yes I just feel like you know not that time is running out but you know haven't got you know when you're young you don't think about you think you have time and you do yeah. have time hopefully yeah. most of us but I think you get to a point where you're like, actually, my time is really precious. Yeah. And, you know, especially if you have a family, you know, how you spend your spare time when yeah. you get it. What do you want to yeah. be doing in that time? Yeah. It wants to be something... I want to be doing incredible things and things that fascinate me and lift my soul. Yes. And that's my aim. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is. You know, I just, I really try and just follow my interests and my passions, yeah. whatever that may be. And yeah, birth is definitely, you know, it does fascinate me. I'm not sure if, you know, I feel like I, I'm on this journey and birth will always be a part of that. But I feel like I may kind of go off into working with women in other areas yeah. as well um, in a more spiritual way. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not claiming to be a really spiritual. I don't, I don't buy into that, you know, like gurus. Yeah, you know? I think we all have something to bring to the table, and I just would like to share that with other women. Yeah. Um, however that looks, whether that's birth or yeah. you know whatever, I and I'm not entirely even sure how that will look for me. Yeah, but to kind of just go with the process, have faith in the in the journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to have it all planned out. We don't yeah. have to know everything that we're going to be doing, which has yeah. been a big lesson for me because I always like to have the five year plan and yeah. you know these the steps I'm taking. And actually, I'm really letting go of that. Yeah, and just yeah, yeah. I think following my intuition. You feel like you need to know, don't you, when you're younger, like how your life's gonna. Yeah. plan out but when you get older it's, you realise that it's life has other plans <laughs> yeah, yeah you don't need to know no and why should you decide when you're 16 what oh, you want to do I mean, just how life? are we supposed to know yeah. at that age what we want to do for the rest of our life like yeah. and also nothing is wasted when I look back on you know the things I did and didn't complete let's say like my midwifery yeah 
um, that has been so unbelievably useful to me in yeah. my career as a doula. You know, just to have that knowledge yeah. um, that I've had and, you know, being really comfortable working in hospital settings and understanding the terminology and all those things are, you know, have really aided me in my yeah. doula career um, and certainly have not been wasted. And I'm glad I just didn't see it through to the end just because I felt like, you know, yes. it would have been a waste if yeah. I hadn't. For sure it wasn't. Yeah. He's coming to talk no to me about everything. I feel like I've just been like non-stop oh, that's gathering. What we want. I can't <laughs> believe the weather. It's just absolutely oh chucking it down. Yes. It's so nice, so lush though outside with the sun and the rain, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Amazing. But thank you, thank Amy. You. And I'll post links to all of your stuff, obviously. Okay, great. Cool. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So that was Naomi's story. I will post links to her social media and everything. So if you want to ask her any questions, um, it does sound amazing, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe when the kids are older and a bit more self-sufficient. The food thing, I could, that was the thing that really surprised me, was the fact that you're hosting people really far away from everywhere and there's no food provision or ability like obviously you're living in a jungle but it's not like you can grow your own food because that takes a long time do you know what I mean like I didn't I just would have assumed that that was kind of taken care of or there was stuff closer by or a daily shuttle run to the shop or I don't know anyway it's obviously the whole experience is to have a different see a different side of life but yeah uh, yeah, we're so used to it, aren't we? We're so used to in the way we live. I mean, my shop's two minutes walk away, so if I ever need anything, I just go and get it. And I've got in South Woodford, we've got every main supermarket I think within like a mile. I mean, we're very spoiled. Um, but yeah, just thinking you're in there, you have three children to feed, and in the shop there's five apples. I, yeah, I just I don't understand that. <clears throat> but yes. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, next week, I have the amazing Jordan Gray on. Um, talking all things comedy, sex, love, life. Actually, we talked about everything. That was a really lovely chat. I hope you enjoy that. Sorry, my daughter Juno is just walking over to me making those noise on the carpet. Um, yeah, so I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please share the podcast. Please have a nice weekend. Work. Big love. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 